Hello and welcome to another Kangaroo English Daily Digest podcast. My name is Christian and today is Friday. Definitely the best day of the week. <laughs> um, so during the Daily Digests this week, I've been talking about pronunciation theory a lot and I've been talking about the difference between accent and pronunciation. But Today, I want to move from theory into practice because um, theory is great, but practical is, is, is why we are here. <laughs> and and that, that's what I love about uh, making these daily digests is I can sort of tell a longer story over the course of a week and then, and then we can get practical. So... Today, I'm going to talk about some simple sound changes that you can make if you are an Arabic speaker or a German speaker or a Spanish speaker. And even if you are not an Arabic, German or Spanish speaker, then probably some of the things that I'm going to be talking about, they will still help you to improve your pronunciation. So the first thing... Um, is I want to start by talking about Arabic, Arabic native speakers. And for a lot of Arabic native speakers, there's a bit of a problem differentiating between the vowels that you find in the word tin, the metal tin, or a tin of tomatoes, and the vowel that you find in the number 10. So we have the tin and ten. Because what normally happens is that um, you cannot differentiate between the two vowels. And the vowel in the number ten can move more towards an A. And it can sound more like tan. Like when you go to the beach and your skin changes color. Tin, ten, tan. Now... Again, this is not about vowel quality. This is not about this is not about having producing a vowel that sounds the same as a vowel that would be produced in London or Newcastle or California. This is about you producing three different vowels, tin ten tan. And the quality of them will be as, as they come out of your mouth. And that's, that's the difference between accent and pronunciation. Okay, so the, the way to learn, to physically learn the difference between tin, ten, and tan is if you, make a, if you make the shape of an L with your hand, so you use your thumb and your index finger, so you hold them like you're making an L with your, with your hand, so your thumb is at right angles, and you put your thumb underneath your chin, and you hold your index finger straight up against your nose, and then we're going to just produce these three sounds. And you'll notice that as we go tin, ten, tan, i, e, a, your mouth opens more. So when we say tin, e, e, 
then basic, basically your your mouth is is almost closed. So your your index finger is very high on your nose, and then we say eh, and your mouth opens a little bit more. Your index finger moves down, e eh, and then as we go tan ah, then your ah, then your index finger should be almost only just touching the tip of your nose. So you can physically see that finger moving. You can feel it moving. E e a tin ten tan. And again, it's not about sounding like a native speaker. It's just about making the important difference between those sounds. And pronunciation is physical. So when you physically open your mouth more, well, it sounds different. And now we're going to move on to another important um, important sound for, for native Arabic speakers, and that is the difference between the letter P and the letter B, the P and the B. Now, this is important if we look at two very different words. We have a pen, which you use to write, and we have a bin, which you use to put rubbish in. Now, here you can see that we have that vowel difference, the pen, the e, and the bin, the e, 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 e. But we also have this p and b, and the difference is our voice. And controlling your voice is a very important part of English pronunciation, turning your voice on and off, the mm, 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 that vibrating voice noise that you make when you when you produce vowels it's very important and the way to practice this is if you just take your two hands and you cover your ears completely and you can turn your voice on and off and you can hear it very loudly So when your ears are covered and you produce that voice, it's very loud inside your own head. So by doing this, we can practice our P and our B. So the B has that voice activated. So we can cover our ears and go B, 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 B. And you'll hear it very loud inside your skull. But the P has no voice. If we take our our hands and cover our ears and we produce our P, we should only have air. P, 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 P. So now let's let's switch between the two. P, B, P, B, P, B. And, and with your ears covered, you can hear the big difference. And then so we can combine these two things. We can combine our new vowel sounds and our new P, B consonant sounds and we can switch between pen Bin, pen, bin, pen, bin. Very nice, very nice, very good. Okay, now let's move on to German native speakers and one very famous um, thing that, that German native speakers do is they substitute the V for the W. So there's... For a lot of German native speakers, there's very little difference between vest, that piece of clothing that you wear, vest, and 
west, north, east, south, and west. And what's interesting here is that these two words have very, very different mouth positions. So let's start by looking at vest, that V, which is the most comfortable for for German native speakers. And you'll, you'll notice that we have our bottom lip touching our top teeth. And we're, again, activating our voice. So if you cover your ears, you can go with your teeth and your lips touching and that voice activated. Now, West is completely different because West is a double U. Think about the name of that letter for a minute in West. It's a W. It's literally two U's put together. And the U is a vowel. It's not a consonant. It's a vowel. And so to make that OO sound, OO, we're basically kissing the air. So our lips, our lips come together and they're very forward like we're giving a kiss. And our lips are very round. So they're round and forward, and we make that ooh. It's the same U, the same ooh sound that you will find in swimming pool. Pool. And that is our W. So we're starting the word with an ooh. So we go ooh west. Ooh west. And then we contrast that with our lips and our teeth touching to make vest. West. Vest, west, vest, w-v-w-v. And this, this brings us to another consonant that Germans have problems with, which is the difference between the TH in English, and the S. So there's a difference between thinking and sinking. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of German native speakers will substitute the TH for an S. But again, there's an important physical difference in mouth position. So let's start with the S, which is the most comfortable for German native speakers. So S is an affricate, which means that our tongue blocks the air, but it doesn't block 100% of the air. It blocks... Most of it. So the air is still rushing around the sides of our tongue. Our tongue is up. It's touching the roof of the mouth. It's touching that little ridge, that little bump behind the back of your teeth. And the air is rushing out. But the TH is different. Now, a true... Like um, a true classic kind of um, <laughs> TH that you will find in very, very refined, as in um, posh <laughs> English accents. Okay. The TH is produced by sticking your tongue out of your mouth and holding it between your, your two teeth. So it's like you're biting your tongue. And so the air, again, is, is rushing out from the space around the sides of the tongue. So 
Your teeth are biting your tongue and the air is escaping around the sides. <laughs> and um, for a lot of people who are learning English, this is the most horrible sound in English. A lot of people hate the sensation of sticking out their, their tongue. And so even a lot of native speakers will substitute this true TH for a different sound. Some substitute for an F, an F sound. They'll say, for example, what are you thinking about? Because if you think about it, if you think about it, <laughs> the sort of the TH, the air escaping from a TH a th, and the air escaping from a th, they sound kind of similar, similar. And, and other, other native speakers will substitute a TH for a D or a T, because again, they're kind of similar mouth positions. And so if that's more comfortable for you, then you can do that. But the probably the most widely understood substitution that's not so difficult is to just take your tongue and just touch it at the back of the top row of your teeth. So you're just touching your tongue on the teeth and letting it letting the air escape. So you don't need to stick your tongue out, you just touch your teeth. And that produces that produces the necessary kind of sound. So we have sing thing, sing thing. So you can visualize, you can feel your tongue moving from topping from touching touching the top of your mouth to touching your teeth. So it goes top of the mouth, teeth, top of the mouth, teeth, mouth, teeth, mouth, teeth. So and so by, by making that physical difference, that physical movement, then, then you're really helping to clarify those, those two sounds, okay? And now finally, let's move to Spanish, to Spanish native speakers. And let's talk about a vowel problem that Spanish native speakers have. And that's the difference between pull, like this car is very heavy, it's impossible for me to pull it, or you're pulling my leg, and pool, which is where you go in August to cool off to the swimming pool. So we have pull, pool. Now, the difference between these two vowels is not just length. Now, the length is different, but that's not the only difference. So, for example, pull is shorter. Ooh. Pull. And the ool is also longer. Ooh. 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 But I think you'll notice something else. You'll notice that ooh, pull, is one sound. It's a monophthong. So which means the vowel sound doesn't change. It goes ooh. But the other sound in ool is a diphthong, which means that it actually has this movement. You'll hear the sound go up and down, ooh, ooh, like a, like a cow mooing. So we have ooh, 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 ooh. And that's not the only difference, okay? So it's not just difference and, and change, it's also mouth position. So the ooh in pull, the, the lips, the lips are quite close to the teeth. The lips are quite close to the teeth. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
But when we have all, then we're making that oo sound that we need to make the w. Okay, so our lips are much more forward, like we're giving a kiss, oo, and we're just manipulating that sound, pull, pull. So we're moving from flat mouth to kiss, and we're moving from flat mouth to kiss, and we're also we're also extending the length. And making that beautiful rising tone. And finally, let's talk about a Spanish consonant problem. Now, this again, this has nothing to do with accent. This is about pronunciation. So, in general, in Spanish, in Spanish pronunciation, the final consonants are not important, and they're not important because. A lot of Spanish vocabulary actually ends in a vowel. There are not many Spanish words that end with a consonant. So normally the the emphasis will finish on a vowel. The syllable ends on a vowel, like potato <laughs> or camera. Okay, so we're ending on a vowel a lot in Spanish, but in English. There are a lot of words, especially verbs, that end with consonants. So, if we look at the name of the capital city of Spain, it is Madrid, and so you can see it ends with a consonant. Now, Spanish speakers are perfectly capable of producing that consonant D. They produce it perfectly. Maybe they add a little bit more tongue. It's a little bit less explosive than a Spanish、uh, than an English D. It has a little bit of tongue, so it's a little bit softer, maybe, but it's still a pretty good D. Like they can say words like decathlon, with a strong decathlon, no problems. But when they say the capital of Spain, sometimes that final D is just not pronounced. Madrid. Is quite a common Spanish pronunciation, Madrid, and so the D is gone completely. But Spanish speakers cannot do that in English because we have too much vocabulary that depends on that final consonant, and so this creates problems with with understanding. And if you think about it, all of the verbs in the past tense. Okay, not all of them. A vast majority of verbs in the past tense end with ed. So if you're if you're not pronouncing that final consonant, if you're not pronouncing that ed at the end, I don't know if you're speaking in the present, or the future, or the past. <laughs> so that's why it's very important to practice keeping that final consonant. Madrid, Madrid. It's almost as if we do have. A vowel at the end. We have this little hidden a that we don't write. Madrid, Madrid. So it's a very important difference between pronunciation between English and Spanish that has nothing to do with accent. I expect that when you say Madrid in English, you will still sound Spanish, but I do want to hear that d at the end. Now. Before I finish this podcast, because we're coming into the weekend, and it's August, and the sun is shining, and August is the time to 
<laughs> to go to the swimming pool and go to the beach and go on holidays. I want to just give you a little bit of motivation because consistency is so important when you're learning a language. So I want to tell you about this 21-year-old girl from Ethiopia called Almaz Derisi. Now, Almaz Derisi, she's a high school student in Ethiopia, and she got pregnant, and she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, and then 30 minutes after she had the baby, she got out of her bed, and she sat in a chair, and she did her English high school exam. Because she realizes the importance of education. And, you know, education, especially for, for women, especially in certain places in the world, is even more important. And so this story of, of Almaz Derisi, having this baby and, and doing her English exam is really inspiring. And if this young girl can do that, then I'm sure that you can find a little bit of time this weekend to to do some study and even if it's just watching a television program listening to a podcast reading a book having a quick conversation any of that stuff is is good and it doesn't need to be hard or boring because remember language use is language learning and there's no substitute for simply using the language practice is is the key to fluency. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, Daily Digest. If you want to support this podcast, you can become my patron on patreon.com. You'll find a link uh, to that on my website at kangarooenglish.com. Uh, thank you very much for, for listening. I'm Christian. This is Kangaroo English, and I'll see you in class.